Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the Franchise Business Journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we stopped to chat with Justin Tranter, who is the franchisor and trainer for Jim's Fencing in Melbourne's East and Southeast region. We discussed how Justin first joined the franchise and his journey so far, what has been the biggest change in his life, the excess demand Jim's Fencing is facing, and who would best suit a Jim's Fencing franchise. everyone, my name is Raghu from the Eden Exchange team. I'm joined by Ellen Rogers today. Hi everyone. Today we're joined by Justin Tranter, who's a franchiser with Jim's Fencing in Melbourne's East. Thanks a lot for joining us today, Justin. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, to start off, can you tell us a bit about your background and career, how long you've been at Jim's Fencing, and how did you first get involved with the company? My, it's an interesting background. So I've been with Jim's Fencing for approximately five years. I started as a franchisee around the Ascot Vale, Mooney Ponds area, Mooney Valley area, out of a corporate background. I, I was a corporate banker for 20 years here in, in overseas. I just wanted to do something different and be the, my own boss in, in essence. So uh, I thought it was a natural progression to go from uh, playing with a laptop to digging holes. So um, I uh, joined Jim's Fencing approximately five years ago. And haven't looked back? Or? Haven't looked back, yeah. although on 37 degree days like today, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I prefer to be in an air-conditioned office, but uh, yeah. It's the only time paperwork ever looks good. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, approximately about 18 months ago, the opportunity came up to move from franchisee to franchisor. Sure. So um, that's where I'm am today. So what do you think ticked you over the edge and made you say, look, I have to do this. I'm in corporate, but I want to make the move to... A specific type of franchise, a Jim's Fencing franchise, and also into small business? Probably a few things, Rigo. Um, so I wanted to do something completely different from uh, my finance background. Um, you know, I've got a, a commerce degree, but I'm a chartered accountant. I just wanted to do something completely different, something out of my comfort zone. It wasn't financially motivated. Yep. And I just, in short, I wanted to be the master of my own destiny. Mm-hmm. So... I suppose what attracted me to Jim's fencing in, in the first instance was Jim's brand. B, uh, fencing, I know there's a, a ton of work out there mm-hmm. and it's a skill set that I can apply for forever and a day. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that's going to have a, a sunset horizon in terms of people not needing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So. so what made the connection between financing and Fencing, do you like that's quite a contrast in different careers there. So, <laughs> yeah. what made you think fencing? Yes, good question, Alan. Um, so, in short, my brother is a fencer in the ACT. I was having one of those, it had been brewing for a while to, to do something different, and um, I had one of those days where I just thought, nah, enough's enough. So, I rang my brother and I said, fencing, and he goes, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> With a few adjectives in between, uh, and he's still doing it today. He's got a very successful business, him uh, business partner. So that was the impetus. So uh, I knew a little bit about the industry um, from him, and um, yeah, I moved forward on that basis. And which areas did you take care of now? So uh, in essence, I look after, for all intents and purposes, from the Eastern Freeway down to Portsea, yep. uh, read, uh, Metro Melbourne, and everything in between. So yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Sorry, what advantages do you have working as a franchisee? Obviously, you've got your brother in the AC2 who has that family connection. What other benefits do you have being a franchisee for Jim's Fencing? So I guess I'm still on the tools, so to speak, two or three days a week. And so my franchisees, when they ring me, they know I'm not just a boss that's come in over the top later on 
and can't give them value add. So when they say, I've got this problem, I've got this challenge, or I've got this difficult client, or I've got this problem uh, with a job, given that I'm started as a franchisee as well, can generally help them with those. And I guess I also have empathy from their point of view because uh, that's where I've come from. So, yeah, sure. And what made you decide to take that next step from franchisee to franchisor? Um, I'm 48 <laughs> and my hairline looks like it. And I guess, I don't know, I, I, I didn't want to turn 16 still digging holes every day of the week. And I thought that I would like the challenge of being a franchisor, which is a completely different job than being a franchisee. So about being franchisor is basically adding value to your franchisees, growing the business in terms of you know, selling new franchises and, and helping those guys you know, when they when they have a challenge. So given my background in terms of negotiation and you know dealing with different people and different stakeholders, I thought those skills would help me be a reasonably good franchisor. Now you're also a trainer. How did that come about? Yeah, so a trainer is when uh, new franchisees start and they, and like me, didn't even know how to use a circular saw or, or a grinder or whatever. So when you become a franchisee, you, uh, we put you through eight weeks of training through our so-called better operators. And through that eight weeks as a trainer, you bring someone up to speed. So when they start out, effectively week nine, mm-hmm. um, they're up and running. They're, you know, they're, they're hitting the ground running and um, doing their job. Can you tell us a little bit more about the training and ongoing support offered to new franchisees and also how you match that with the, their skills and past skills they're coming to the table with already? Yep, sure. Good question. So um, in terms of the training, once you come on board, uh, you go through eight weeks of training with our, what we call our better operators with a trainer, and they take the time to make sure they're teaching you about, I guess, what I call the bread and butter of fencing. Mm-hmm. So when you start out on your own after you finish your training, you've got the, the, the basics to get started and get yeah. going. You may not cover all the exotic stuff like automatic gates and all that sort of stuff, but it's enough to get you going. Mm-hmm. So that's eight weeks and it's pretty intense. So it includes both on-site building fences, you know, uh, with our trainers and the jobs that they're doing, but it also includes, unfortunately, a little bit of homework and a little bit of, you know, paperwork behind the scenes that you, you just need to get things organised. So when you start, you're right to go. You know, things like uh, putting messages on your phone, getting your emails up and running, all the various gyms platforms you know, that help you with your quoting and the like. So that's the initial part. I suppose that the overriding theme is after that, you've got me as your franchisor, and if I'm not supporting you in, uh, you know, in your learnings, then I'm not doing my job. So um, that's one of my key uh, roles is to support my franchisees as they go through different parts of their journey with Jim's fencing. And for anyone who wants to come on board as a franchisee and wants to aspire to be a trainer themselves, what's the process? Yeah, so once I've got what I call you know, a good basic understanding of probably a representation of different fences and they want to be a trainer and they've got the, the mindset to be able to give someone their time and, and teach them, yeah, they just approach me and say, I'd like to be a trainer, which is what happened uh, about 12 months ago when my current trainer said, I'd like to be a trainer. And he is an ex-scuba diver instructor, good fit. You know, you don't put people underwater with tanks and the like without being a good teacher. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and he's a cracking teacher. Mm-hmm. Good. And the people that make for good franchisees, are there any particular 
character traits there or skill sets that they need to have? It's funny, like, I suppose building the fence in my eyes is only half the, the role. The other half is about your customer relationship and dealing with people. Yeah. You can be a, a cracking fencer or a cracking tradesperson, but if, you, if you're struggling to deal with people, um, then yeah, uh, it's probably not yeah. for you. So half the job is uh, building fences, the other half is running your business. And you find that's an adjustment period for the new franchisees you train up? You just Absolutely. <laughs> and, and it works both ways. So um, you might find some guys who are very good with tools and very good uh, with their hands, but not as good in terms of managing their own business because they've been a subcontractor or something before. And then you have um, guys like myself who are on the other end of the spectrum who probably had the good customer relationship mm -hmm. skills but didn't have a clue how to use some of the tools. So, um, yeah, so it's... There's certainly an adjustment when you, you know, come in and run your own business. And and so, what what's your process of doing that? If someone comes in, you know, they could be highly experienced, or they could be just completely new to the industry. Like myself, yes. Yeah, like yourself. So, yeah. what what's the process of you know, one introducing them to the opportunity? Yep. And if they are the right fit, getting to the point where they're up and running. Yeah. So I suppose I'm a reasonably good judge of character, and. I like to back people who don't necessarily have the skill set, but have the right attitude yeah. and happy to, you know, what's that old saying? You get born with two ears in my mouth, use them in proportion. Yeah. Um, so if you've got people who are willing to listen and yeah. absorb and learn and have that right attitude, generally I find them pretty successful. Yeah, sure. So what are the challenges that you've had to face becoming a Jim's Fencing franchisee and again as a franchisor and a trainer? Is there any big hurdles that you had to overcome? Having lived in the UK for 10 years prior in a corporate environment and enjoying the lifestyle that went with living in the UK, I had to lose some weight. <laughs> Which certainly, a lot of points. <laughs> too many points. So certainly um, going from uh, working in an office to a fairly labour-intensive type role helped um, shed a few pounds. Uh, and I suppose just getting the body used to um, you know, the physical demands of the role, of the job. Uh, but that didn't take too long, probably six months. And I'm not a gorilla. Some of the guys are as wide as they are tall. Yeah. You just you just manage it according to your your body size and strength, I suppose. I suppose it takes a couple of weeks of being sore before you finally get used to it. Pretty much. <laughs> and coming home and going to bed at 7 o'clock because you're absolutely spent. So that was probably my biggest challenge to start with, given my background. In terms of a franchisor, I suppose... Uh, when I took over from my predecessor, uh, my approach, rightly or wrongly, was I didn't want to come in and say, this is how I want to do it. It was um, learning about each of the individual franchisees and going, okay, what makes uh, person A tick, what makes person B tick, mm -hmm. and adjusting uh, how I engage with them relative to their personality. So what's that old saying? Be yourself, but pick your audience. So, um, so. And then on the other side, what are some things you're, you're really proud of now after your time with gyms? Um, I, I think I've got a core bunch of guys who I have a, a just a good, honest relationship with. Um, and I say to my guys, uh, I don't get things right all the time. By all means, challenge me if you want to have a different opinion. Different opinions are good, um, but just make sure you deliver that in the right sort of and respectful way. And so I think that type of approach, I'm not their boss. They're their own boss. That's why they got into this. So, you know, a good, robust discussion and dialogue is a good thing. And I think that's where I've got my guys to. And, I mean, fencing isn't going anywhere. It's, it's you know, there's a considerable amount of demand you have as well as 
you know, oversupply of demand in the market. Correct. So how are you dealing with that? And where are some of the key areas of Melbourne you're seeing most of that and the potential for new franchisees to join? Any key areas or just across the board you're seeing? Good question. How we're handling it, we're, we're probably not doing it as well as we could. So I'll give you some context, Raghu. So um, in the last 12 months, my area from the Eastern Fairway down to Portsea, we had approximately 4,000 people. Mary Lou, Joe Bloggs from Frankston and Seaford and everywhere, uh, Glenn Waverley, they contacted our call centre, either via phone or online, asking for a quote. Mm. Um, now, you don't win every quote, so we had 4,000 people ask for a quote over the last 12 months, and we issued approximately 1,000, just yep. over. So what we're saying is three in four people who are asking for a quote, mm. we just don't have people to service them. Yep. So where I could put franchisees, I could probably sell... 30 tomorrow yeah. just to meet the current demand. Yeah, it's an um, incredible amount of demand. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that's from the, from the gym's name itself, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, the first point of call. Yep, yeah. absolutely. So, and, you know, we've got good branding. We've got our uh, white or black trucks. We've got our black trailers. And, you know, clients know that if something were to happen or whatever, they've got this brand behind them that knows that they're not dealing with Joe Bloggs fencing. Yeah. And if something's not right, that there's no recourse. So um, they know that there's a brand that stands behind the quality of the workmanship that we do. Now, Melbourne has quite a diverse mix of residential and corporate and one percenters in the country. What kind of customers are you servicing and what kind of customers are your franchisees servicing at the moment? Generally, we find that mum and dads or mums or whatever the case, but people who own their homes are more willing to pay what I call the premium to get a good fence with what that's the market that... I think we operate in. You know, there's people who charge less. I certainly don't encourage any of my guys to operate in that market because there's always someone willing to undercut you. Leave that to the uh, people who come in, Johnny come latelys and then it's not good and yeah. Yeah, they can't get hold of them. So I say we operate the premium part of the market where people are happy to pay a little bit more but get the service and get the quality of the, um, the, the, the job. So. Um, developers can be a little bit challenging because generally they're looking to turn a project as quickly as possible with maximum profit. That they can be a little bit challenging at times, but um, yeah, generally the homeowners are, and builders that you can build a good relationship with over a period are good type of clients to have. And what about the new developers? Is Gems the first protocol for new building estates? Uh, they can be, but again, they, they might new developers might come in and go would like a quote and this is how much we're willing to pay you mm. rather than the other way around. So there are opportunities with new developers, but we just need to be careful which ones we get into bed with. Right. Right. And now your business, what are your goals for this year? As I've mentioned, I've got 3,000 unserviced leads that are, you know, our call centre says, mm. we're really sorry, we can't, uh, we haven't got anyone in the area or we have someone in the area, but they've got too much work at the moment. I need to find good quality guys to grow my business as a franchisor, but in an organic and sustainable way. I don't want to put a so-called Starbucks on every corner. I want guys who are with the right attitude and you know, good, solid, organic growth. And anyone who comes on board, what can they expect from your franchisee team as like workmanship, working together, hangouts kind of thing? Is it kind of like a family kind of gyms environment? Um, very much so. So, you know, I know, and I guess similar to a, a football club, Alan, like you have people that you get along better with than, than others and you just build a good rapport. 
Certainly there is myself as a franchisor, I'm a support, you know, I'm not their boss, I'm their support. They've got their fellow franchisees that they, um, you know, uh, mix with and get on the phone to and say, I've got this. I know you had one recently. Any tips? Can you give me a steer? Um, and it's, it's just the framework of what the Jim's Fencing brand, you know, can do with all the other um, stakeholders and how we can support them. So how often do the franchisees work together on projects? Uh, varies. So to give you some content, as I mentioned, I'm still on the tools two or three days a week and I'm working with someone uh, next week um, for a few days and we just do it as a partnership um, and just get together for a few days and we just split what we make. Um, so they're for the larger jobs or for the more technical jobs where you need two people. So um, generally you operate on your own, but certainly operating as a pair or even uh, more than that is not uncommon. Good. And look, there'll be people listening to this who could be already interested or they're just thinking about making that plunge into small business ownership, franchise ownership, or specifically with Jim's Fencing. So anything you'd like to say to someone who could be just thinking about making that inquiry, you know, what should they be thinking about now? I guess if I can give my own example, where I'd, I had a fortnightly paycheck for 20 years and it was just going to hit my account every fortnight and the stepping out of the knowing that I'm going to get a pay um, to working for yourself um, but not by yourself because you've got the Jim's brand behind you and, and myself as the franchisor, back yourself because once you put that foot over the... I don't know what that saying is, but you know, once you take put your toe in the water you, you, and, you, and you've got the right attitude, you'll do well. Yeah, that's good. Fantastic. And, and lastly, what's the best thing about your job now or your, your business ownership role? What, what's driving you to do what you do? I keep coming back to that, that saying, I'm the master of my own destiny. I haven't got someone tapping me on the shoulder saying, where's this, where's that? Um, what are you doing with that project? It's... I'm my own boss and I very much enjoy that and I would find it very challenging to go back to do anything other than being my own boss. That and being able to spend all the holidays together with the family knowing that you get to sign off. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> In theory. No. <laughs> no, no, that's fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time there, Justin. It's been um, you know, ex extremely interesting talking about the region. It's, it's, it's a huge figure in terms of the demand and the opportunity size is, is enormous. So... We do encourage anyone interested to head towards jimsfencing.com.au and put down an inquiry and get the raw ball. We do encourage anyone interested to head towards jimsfencing.com.au and put down an inquiry and get the ball rolling with the company. Apart from that, you'll have us, you'll have some contact us boxes and inquiry points near this podcast. Please put your name down and one of the team will be in touch with you soon to get your journey with that company started. Apart from that, it's been great having you on, Justin. We want to have you on again soon to tell us about your expansion in the Territory Thank and you. update on how the Jim's Fencing Melbourne East Territory is growing. Thanks, guys. Appreciate both your time. Thanks for coming. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Justin Tranter, regional franchisor and trainer for Jim's Fencing. For more information on the Jim's Fencing franchise or any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, businessbyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling and investing world. Thanks for listening. Flashlight should